Assalamu alaikum everyone, it's Halima Kagali and welcome to another episode of the Quran Lifestyle Show. Assalamu alaikum, Halima here. Welcome back to day six of Ramadan Transformation Week. Now, if you've been here since day one, then I celebrate you. And if you've just arrived, then I welcome you. You know, I just want to take a moment here at the beginning of today's training to really just thank and to honor this whole Quran rehab community. Because along this journey, you guys have just been so amazing, alhamdulillah. You know, it's been really awesome to watch all of your engagement and your conversation on the chat roll, on social media using the Ramadan Transformation Week hashtag. And, you know, we've been seeing you guys download the worksheets and implement the training. So Jazakallah khairan for that. Okay, with that said, today we're going to be talking about the fascinating topic of commitment and self-discipline which you know is important because you know you can have all the clarity in the world like we spoke about in day one's training. You can have the mental and the emotional um, energy as well as the physical energy that we spoke about in day two and three of training. You can learn all about productivity tools like we spoke about in day four's training. And you can even have the confidence to overcome all of your struggles and challenges like we spoke about in days five training. But if you don't have the self-discipline and the commitment to really get things done, if you can't make yourself do the work, especially when you don't feel like it or there's an alternative that's easier or you prefer to do something else, then you're not going to achieve all those wonderful things that you want from Ramadan in your spiritual life and in your general life. You know, without self-discipline and commitment, you're not going to be able to achieve the things that you want both in Ramadan and long term either. You know, it's really important that we speak about this subject today because a lot of people at Ramadan, they go in with these amazing goals and they're really super pumped, hoping to become their best selves, right? But unfortunately, the reality is that many people don't, they only actually really set themselves up for short-term challenge because they haven't really been taught to understand the habitual behavior of self-discipline and commitment from that psychological mindset perspective. And as well as that, they haven't really been given the practical tools either that really enable them to develop that habit, that habit that's important to their success. So in today's training, inshallah, I'm going to be walking you through four Quranic ideas. So two on mindset and two that are related to practical tools to really help you to better develop your habits of self-discipline and commitment, inshallah, just so that you can really be on your A-game and really make the most of Ramadan bi'idhnillah. Okay, so the first Quranic idea that I want to share with you, which is a mindset rule that we really need to get in check, inshallah, to do the necessary work, it relates to having a realistic perspective on commitment. What do I mean? Well, you know, unfortunately, many people think that there is some magical formula out there that's going to help them to become more committed and, you know, have better levels of self-discipline. So maybe they think they can find some type of tool in a self-help book that they can implement and overnight they just get all these positive results they want. Or they believe that you know self-discipline is something that's actually part of your personality. So you either have it or you don't. And some people even think that it's actually shaped by the environment. So for them, when there's certain conditions in their personal lives that are just right, 
then they're gonna be far more committed and be a far more self-disciplined person. When the reality is that commitment and self-discipline is actually just a habit. And like any other habit, it actually just needs to be learned and to consistently be worked on in order to really be ingrained as part of your identity and your lifestyle. Now, when you're trying to gain a really realistic perspective on commitment and self-discipline, it's really important to realize that that process of building that habit is actually hard and it's gonna be a struggle. But that realization actually makes things more manageable to deal with because otherwise, if you have this really um, perfect expectation about building self-discipline, then at the first hint of struggle, you're just gonna bail. So yes, sometimes it's easier and it feels more comfortable to just go and turn on Netflix or go listen to a really random nice Islamic lecture on YouTube or flick through your, so, you know, your Instagram feed instead of actually going and getting yourself to do the necessary work. But we should always remember that ease isn't the goal, growth is. And if we don't put in the work, then things just won't happen. You know, that's Sunnah al-Hayah, that's the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made life. You know, for me personally, there have been multiple times, even just during the production of this Ramadan Transformation Week program, where I have honestly, desperately wanted, believe you me, to just climb under the duvet covers and catch up on really needed sleep. Because I've been sleeping an average of two or three hours every night, you know, subhanAllah at best. Or there's been times during this process where I really wanted to go and spend more quality time with my kids. Or I've just preferred to turn everything off, you know, the laptop, the camera equipment, and just go and have a little read for a while. But if I always went with what is easy or comfortable or just what I wanted to do, instead of actually embracing the struggles with habits of self-discipline, then I wouldn't have been able to meet you. I wouldn't have able to, been able to produce this very special gift to help serve this awesome community at this blessed time, right? Alhamdulillah. And when you remind yourself of the reality that building habits of self-discipline and commitment in any area of your life can be hard, then that's going to enable you to exercise more patience on your journey, which is a really, really important virtue to have. And sadly, it's one that is very difficult to find these days because, you know, the truth is we just live in a world of instant gratification, right? We've become programmed, if you like, to be impatient. We want fast food, we want fast internet speed, we want fast delivery, etc. But if on the other hand we were to you know, expect things to be hard, if we were expecting to exert patience with ourselves and with others and with the processes that we go through and we journey, then you know, we would be more okay with the uncomfortable. And that's a really big reason that a lot of people usually quit before they actually give themselves the opportunity to see things through and to succeed. You know, with patience, you can then direct your focus on consistently moving forward and staying on course instead of just focusing on the results and, and whether or not you're simply there or not. And you know, if you look in the Quran, you'll find that this is the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually wants us to look at all of this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he makes it clear in the Quran that we're gonna struggle through difficulties. And through that process, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is essentially gonna distinguish those who are patient and who exert effort. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, we shall certainly test you until we know those who strive hard for the cause of God and those who exert patience. We will also examine your deeds. 
And if we look at various different stories within the Quran, we see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to focus on developing our habits of self-discipline through focusing on pre and preoccupying ourselves on the means to the end and not focusing on the results themselves. Because essentially all results come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And what qualifies you and I for his assistance is our sincerity and our efforts. So for example, you find in the story of Maryam alayhi salam, you know, we're told that she went somewhere alone to give birth to Prophet Isa, right? And when she was there through that painful experience and she needed sustenance to replenish her, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala order her to do? He ordered her to shake the, the palm tree, right? So that the, those fruits could fall down that she could eat from. And that's really strange because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us elsewhere in the Quran that He used to deliver fruits to her, the very doors of her masjid that were out of season via angels, subhanAllah. And that was when she was fit and well. So why when she is weak and she doesn't have the physical strength to possibly shake this tree, does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give her that order? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's teaching you and I through that example that we must get ourselves to do the hard work. We must get ourselves to really develop the patience and the self-discipline that's necessary to qualify us for the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let me give you another quick example from the Qur'an. You know, if you look in the story of Musa salam, when he fled Egypt with Bani Israel and he reached the Red Sea, he found himself sandwiched, right, between the Red Sea, uh, a mountain on one side, and the oncoming army of Fir'aun. And in that terrifying situation, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala order Musa to do? He ordered him to strike the sea with his staff, right? And when he did that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he caused the sea to split in half and for Bani Israel to safely walk through it. But I ask you, what real power does a simple wooden staff have over the powerful sea to make it change in its original state in such a miraculous way? Nothing, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he didn't require Musa to place his staff in the water in order to split the sea. But again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's teaching us in through this example and in many examples within the Quran that, you know, you have to do your part and, you know, you have to exert the effort. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will grant you with the best of opportunities for success. Now, the second point that I'd like to share with you relating to our mindset that we really need to think about when trying to develop our habits of self-discipline to inshallah give us that better opportunity of achieving our goals with Ramadan, it relates to our sense of duty. You know, self-discipline is a whole lot easier when there's a sense of duty involved. So, you know, when we feel a social duty or a moral duty or a spiritual duty even, so for example, if you're a parent and you feel the sense of duty to provide for your family and give them a good quality of life, staying really disciplined and committed to doing that hard work to achieving that result is a lot more easier than if you didn't have that sense of duty, right? So when you've identified a goal for yourself or a vision that you want for Ramadan and you really want to stay committed to it, you want to practice good levels of self-discipline to achieve it, then try to um, attach a sense of duty to it. Now sometimes that's going to be as simple as just picking up the Quran and reading through ayat or you know reading a hadith for example that relates to that um, goal you have and you know where it's an obligation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you have that sense of duty to achieve that goal out of obedience to Allah and to fulfill that requirement he has of you whereas at other times it's going to take a little bit more reflection to make that connection for yourself but when you do it is going to greatly serve you inshallah uh, on you know for keeping you on course 
If you look into the Quran, you're going to see the strong influence that a sense of duty has on our self-discipline demonstrated through the role models of the Prophet's peace be upon them. You know, there are a multitude of verses where the Prophet's peace be upon them, for example, they would tell their people um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had ordered them to do X, Y, and Z. And so that great sense of duty that they felt as a result, it enabled them to carry out those tasks in a very disciplined fashion, regardless of how difficult those tasks actually were to do. Let me give you a quick example from my own personal life. You know, once I had a conversation with my coach, someone who I consider a really good friend as well, a phenomenal woman, mashallah, tabarakallah. And during this conversation, she said something that was really profound, something that actually shook me. And it's something that I will have always remembered and I think I always will, even though it was a number of years ago now, subhanAllah. And looking back, I think at that time, maybe I didn't quite have the levels of necessity within me to drive me to do the hard work at the pace that was required at that time. So maybe my levels of commitment weren't perhaps enough, I guess. And she said something to me at that time that was a bit like a slap in the face. It was like a, an abrupt awakening, but I'm really glad that she did because it profoundly helped me. She said very politely, you know, with full respect, Halima, can I share something with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. She said, Halima, you're being very selfish. She said, Halima, you're being so selfish because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gifted you with certain experiences and certain tests in life that you've learned really important lessons and very valuable personal insights relating to the Quran that can actually help a lot of people. But you're keeping it to yourself. Wow, that was pretty, pretty deep, right? You know, I'll never forget that conversation. And when I look back, I see the sense of duty that she helped to instill inside me and how that's driven me ever since to be more disciplined and to be more committed to serving Islam, inshallah, and serving the amazing Quran rehab community through this project. You know, I don't want to be ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't want to um, have these amazing experiences with the Quran stop. I don't want to be questioned and potentially punished because I neglected to share these gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he gave me you know in terms of my experiences to help to benefit others I want to be amongst the amazing role models that were mentioned in our Islamic history who served the ummah you know I want my brothers and sisters who are part of my own body to have the same extraordinary experiences and breakthroughs that I've had the honor of having I want to continue developing my own Quran relationship forever through being part of other people's journeys. So that's why I show up to produce these videos. That's why I choose to be on the chat rolls with you every day, to be on social media, despite all the tons of other commitments that I have on my plate, you know, even when I'm tired, even when I'm sick or I don't feel like it. You know, even though this coronavirus, subhanAllah, this situation's actually affected me and my family in a lot of ways. I have a sense of duty about my goals. Now to help you develop your great, you know, a greater sense of duty in fulfilling your own goals, inshallah, so that you can have more discipline and a more prosperous Ramadan, then ask yourself a set of questions that I've put in your journal below. Okay, the third Quranic idea, a practical tool this time to help you develop your levels of commitment and self-discipline, inshallah, is having deadlines. You know, if you don't have specific deadlines for things that you want to achieve in your life, particularly social deadlines, so where other people know that you've committed to something to be done by a certain time, then you're naturally going to find yourself lacking motivation and self-discipline. You know, the necessity to complete the task and do it well isn't there, right? 
because who would know about or hold you to account for a task being completed or not? So for example, for myself with Ramadan Transformation Week, I specifically set a date for it and I made an announcement across my social media and I specifically stated that, you know, every day a new video is going to be released over seven days. So I knew I'd have to deliver. Even when I, you know, would have loved to take a nap or spend some time doing something else, the necessity levels were turned up. So I was compelled to deliver. So setting deadlines for yourself, again, like I said, preferably social deadlines, is something that you can incorporate into your goal setting, inshallah, this Ramadan, because it really does help. You know, another reason that having deadlines is actually really effective is because when something is specifically scheduled into your diary or your planner like that, you're more likely in order to meet that deadline to actually spend time drawing a list out of all the tasks that you need to be done. You're going to break them down in order. You're going to plan, you know, when each one needs to be achieved by, etc. So things are going to be a lot more organized and productive for you. You know, you're going to be able to turn up every day with very clear objectives on your calendar. So then that way you're going to be less distracted by YouTube or Netflix, for example. And in doing that, you're actually going to avoid being overwhelmed as well. Because overwhelm is one of, you know, a very big reason why a lot of people appear to have a lack of commitment and self-discipline in the first place. And overwhelm essentially just comes from losing that sense of focus and direction. You know, we humans need to have deadlines in order to really propel us forward to taking action. And that's why the Quran itself consistently talks about various different important deadlines for us. You know, for us to adhere to in our lives whether that's related to our various forms of ibadah, for example. So we have the five daily salahs, we have certain hours of fasting, we have certain actions that need to be taken on special days of hajj, etc. And that's on top of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consistently mentioning in the Quran two of the most significant deadlines we have. And that is death and the day of judgment, which we need to consistently prepare ourselves with through consistent action, right? Now, although we might not know, you know, exactly when those two particular deadlines are, we're told that they can be very eminent. There's that possibility, right, that they can come at any time. So it actually demands us to have greater levels of self-discipline and commitment to our purpose, subhanAllah. Okay, the fourth Quranic idea, another practical tool to help you develop your levels of commitment and discipline, inshaAllah, going into Ramadan, is to celebrate your wins. Now it's important that when we pursue our goals, we really take the time to celebrate all the small wins we have along the journey. You know, both those small day-to-day -day accomplishments that we make, as well as those more significant milestones that we hit as well. And it's important that we specifically celebrate them with other people socially as well, especially for those key milestones, I would say. You know, where we really get to talk to people about the process and we get to really express the feelings that we have when we've completed those tasks. Because human beings, when we consciously stop and we really internalize the milestones that we've been reaching and those accomplishments that we've made, not only does that help us to build confidence and momentum like we spoke about in other training, but it helps us to stay disciplined because our minds truly get to register the progress that we've made and truly gets to, we truly get to feel the benefit of our efforts. So it's kind of like a payoff, if you like. We feel that. And there's a lot of joy as well in that process. You know, we don't have to struggle to convince ourselves to do things that are hard or that we don't particularly like. And this is a lesson that we learn from a number of different examples within the Quran. But to highlight just one for you here, you know, if you look at the incidents surrounding the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, you find that the Prophet Muhammad, you know, he led a group of Muslims in a very peaceful march towards Mecca, right? 
So these were Muslims who were unarmed, they just wanted to perform pilgrimage. They had already done their ihram, they had brought along with them their sacrificial animals, and they were really hoping that the Quraysh would just you know, honor that Arab custom that they had of allowing all the pilgrims to enter that city. When the Muslims camped outside Mecca and Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi he met with the Meccan emissaries, they really wanted to prevent the Muslims from entering Mecca. And after some negotiations, both of the parties, they decided to draw up this peace treaty, right? Now, there was a clause in that treaty that stipulated that the Muslims would not be able to do the pilgrimage that year. You know, that permission was only going to be granted for the following year. And a lot of Sahaba, as we know, they were very, very upset by this. You know, they considered that their efforts to be wasted. They considered this uh, attempt as a fail. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the other hand, and the Prophet وسلم, saw that this was actually a key milestone that deserved to be celebrated. Because we know the Prophet وسلم, he happily signed that treaty, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself in the Quran, when talking about that incident, he says, Verily, we have granted you a manifest victory. And we know that it really was a huge milestone in the development of our Islamic history, even though it didn't seem so to some of the people at that time. Because signing that treaty meant that the Quraysh of Mecca, they no longer considered Muhammad to be a rebel or a fugitive, right? It meant that they recognized the Islamic State of Medina. It meant that they allowed the Muslims who were still in Mecca to openly and publicly practice Islam. It meant that there wasn't this constant struggle anymore between the Muslims and the polytheists. It meant that a lot more people saw Islam in a different light and they converted to Islam. And it even led other tribes as well to signing treaties with the Muslims, alhamdulillah. Okay, so how can we go about then practically actioning that Quranic idea then? Well, during this week's training, you've heard me talk a lot about the importance of taking time to reflect and to journal, right? And that isn't an, an, an activity that's just important to do in the morning, by the way, just to strategize for your day ahead, or even just to do every time there's an event or an experience that you just want some clarity on. It's actually really important as well to journal at the end of each day as well to review your day. And I've already spoken in other episodes uh, of this training about the importance of strategic questions, right? Well, if you ask yourself strategic questions at the end of each day in your journal, you can better identify the growth and the achievement that you've made in the day that many of us don't actually register. You know, because as they say, it's hard to see the picture when you're part of the frame, right? You know, a lot of people, they reach the end of the day and they start feeling really bad about themselves. They wonder, you know, what it is they've actually achieved today. They feel like they've done nothing because they might have set out to do something specifically and they didn't meet it. So they think it's been a day wasted. When actually, if they were just to sit and reflect, they could find multiple things that they achieved in that day along the journey that was actually worth celebrating as well. And, you know, if they had just acknowledged and really internalized that, it would have helped to develop their, their levels uh, of self-discipline. So journaling your day-to-day -day achievement is very effective. And you can celebrate those wins, you know, that you have daily as well, not just mentally on paper, but even physically as well. You know, you can give some sadaqah, you can um, maybe give yourself a small treat like a slice of cake or a hot bath, for example. And then as for celebrating the bigger milestones along your journey, I really highly recommend that you identify those milestones before you even start working on your goal. 
You know, so when you have a goal in mind for Ramadan, identify beforehand, what is the three to five tasks that I need to get done? And when I reach those milestones, how am I going to celebrate? So for example, if you are doing hef and you've managed to memorize a certain amount of uh, juz, then maybe, you know, decide and organize to have a small party with your family. This is just a way of consciously stopping again and just internalizing the growth and the benefit of all your hard work and your effort inshallah that's going to help you increase your levels of self-discipline personally for me you know practically speaking as a visual person i have what i like to call an achievement or a progress board and that's just my own way of celebrating the big the big milestones that i reach and that basically just sits along my vision board in my journal so for those people who are not really familiar with those terms, a vision board is essentially where you know I document all my goals and my aspirations, but they're through images as opposed to just you know writing them down as a list. So it's kind of like an artistic collage, if you like, something that I can look at every day to help me keep focus and to remind me of where I'm heading. And then what what I put alongside that in my um, my journal is what I call a progress board, for example. And that again is just a collage of images, but of things that I've achieved. So key milestones that I've achieved along the way. And again, that just allows me to connect to the growth that I've made to make that self-discipline easier, inshallah, amongst other different benefits as well. Okay, so they were the four Quranic ideas I have on increasing your levels of self-discipline. Okay, so today was day six of Ramadan Transformation Week. Some of you have been with us since day one, and if that's you, I just want to celebrate you, inshallah. But I know some of you are just joining us now, having perhaps missed day one, two, three, four, and five. And so some of you are starting, starting to panic a bit because we've started to lock that content now, right? You know, people are wondering how they can get access to those videos and those worksheets. And if that's you, then I just want to, you know, give you a reminder here that the intention behind running this, this training program live in real time and locking each of those episodes after 72 hours was because this program, which is usually a fully paid course, that we're only running, you know, giving free access to over this last week is actually intended to be a pre-Ramadan gift to help all of those who are really serious about getting Ramadan ready in the run-up to its arrival. And as you know, we're literally just a few days away now, subhanAllah, right? But for those who have those questions about how they can get access to the locked videos and those worksheets for the training so that they, inshallah, can benefit throughout Ramadan and even beyond, then I want you to know that I have a really unique online course called the Quran Blueprint Masterclass that's going to officially be open for registration tomorrow, inshallah, where those who are going to be joining are going to get free lifelong access to this Ramadan Transformation Week course. So all of these videos, MP3s and worksheets as a free one-time only bonus. Now, if you've never heard of the Quran Blueprint Masterclass before, it's a comprehensive online course, which, like I said, I'm going to be opening for registration for tomorrow for a very limited time so that new students can start this Ramadan. It's where you're going to get lifetime access to my full training on literally everything I know about developing a meaningful and fulfilling friendship with the Quran. How you go about attaining all of those and heart goals through a very simple but powerful four-step process which I briefly introduced you to in session one right days one's training on clarity remember so you're going to learn how you can attain all of those deeper desires of your heart and your soul that they crave for their relationship from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Quran like being able to engage with the Quran and have your heart moved and be left in awe as you literally experience the Quran as the greatest miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
like how to develop a personal connection with the Quran, where you feel as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is directly speaking to you, where you feel its relevance and its benefit to every area of your personal life. You're going to be learning how you can build emotional substance and depth in your Quran relationship as well, where you feel the profuse love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for you through its pages. You know, and this is going to leave you in tears. It's going to leave you naturally with a heart that is just bursting with love and return, inshallah, for Allah and his book. Where you don't have to worry about, you know, that fluctuating motivation or your lack of discipline and distraction even. Because, you know, you're going to develop this deep thirst for the Quran, inshallah, that will actually override these issues. It's going to create within you a drive to want to go back and interact with the Quran again and again, inshallah. You're going to learn how to integrate more of the Qur'an into your daily life as well, so it becomes part of your daily habits. You know, so you no longer have to struggle with the problem of feeling that you don't have enough time in your busy day for the Qur'an. And you know, aside from the quantity, you're going to learn how to improve the quality of your interactions with the Qur'an as well, inshallah. So you no longer feel like it's a struggle, it's a chore, or where you feel it's like a ritual that you're simply going through the motions with, but instead there's this ease and this tranquility. There's this joy, inshallah, and this vibrancy, this meaningfulness when you're interacting with the Qur'an. You're going to learn how to make sure that the Qur'an takes its rightful place at the center of your life, where everything revolves around it, rather than you trying to fit the Qur'an into your busy life all the time. So, you know, the Qur'an, it becomes your source of energy and focus that drives you through your life. Where the Qur'an truly becomes your first point of reference when you want to resolve life problems, for example, so that it can bring you all of that comfort and that practical solution that you need. So, it becomes your first point of reference when you want to grow and develop any part of yourself or your life as well. So that you know how to take the necessary steps to allow the Qur'an to fulfill its purpose of basically unleashing your full potential and best coaching you to become that best version of yourself and live your best life, inshallah, for the benefit of this dunya and the akhira. It's where you're going to be essentially learning how to live what we call a Quran lifestyle and just so much more, inshallah. You know, building this solid foundation of having a friendship with the Quran, it's not only going to transform your spiritual and your general life, but it's going to, you know, help you if you are doing any uh, current studies or you plan to do any academic studies of the Quran in the future, it's going to greatly help you to maximize the benefits of that too. So you can better understand what you're learning and better implement it because you're engaging with your heart as well as your head. And guess what? You know, for you to achieve all those amazing things, uh, you know, with the Quran for yourself through the guidance of this course, inshallah, it doesn't require you to have any knowledge of the Arabic language. It doesn't require you to have any prior Quranic training. It doesn't require you to dedicate crazy hours to learning where you're going to have to sacrifice any other commitments or duties that you have in life, where you're going to have to just juggle more. You know, it doesn't require you to even leave the comfort of your own home, subhanAllah. All it requires is that you have this hunger to want more for your Qur'an relationship. It's going to require you to trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He wants this for you. You know, out of His immense kindness and love for you, that He's presenting you with an opportunity for you to come close to Him through that which is most beloved to Him, the Qur'an, in the month that's most beloved to Him in Ramadan, because you are beloved to Him. So all of those amazing Qur'an heart goals that I shared with you in training day one, you know, when I told you that these are things that Muslims really want and they need from their relationship with the Qur'an, but they often struggle in how to practically achieve it, I'm going to be breaking it down for you, inshallah, step by step. I'm going to be giving you the strategic thinking, 
and the practical skills and tools as well for how to approach each of them. You know, this is a 15 plus hour of high quality training and it's got over 10 workbooks, alhamdulillah. You know, I've put the very best of my knowledge and my research and my experience in that program to try to truly help people to transform their relationship with the Quran. And you know, I'm going to be there helping you and guiding you through the whole process. And of course, we're going to have an extraordinary group of supportive and motivational and like-minded students who are going to become, inshallah, your lifelong friends as you go on your lifelong journey with the Quran. There's also going to be other extraordinary high-value bonuses that we're going to be offering free as a one-time-only bundle offer alongside the Quran Blueprint Masterclass as a kind of extra Ramadan gift. And that's going to be worth over £1,000 in value. And that's for everyone who's going to be signing up to the Quran Blueprint class tomorrow, inshallah, that masterclass. So if transforming your Quran relationship and achieving all those amazing Quran heart goals really matter to you this Ramadan, then you can actually sign up for your interest right now via the button below so that you don't miss out on any of tomorrow's notifications when registration actually officially opens. Because you know it's only going to be open for a very limited time because of course Ramadan is right around the corner, right? You know, I'm so excited for that extraordinary journey that's going to start this Ramadan, inshallah. Okay, now with that said, this is Ramadan Transformation Week, day six complete. And I'm going to be seeing you tomorrow, inshallah, for our last official day where we're actually going to go out with a bang. We're going to cover that huge hot topic of life balance. Because, you know, so many of us, we struggle to generally balance all the different areas of our day-to-day -day life, let alone with all those additional demands of Ramadan, right? But don't worry, because I'm going to be sharing with you three extraordinary Quranic ideas to help you better prioritize, to help you remove distractions and really maximize your time so that you can make the most of Ramadan in your life, inshallah. And you know, in that training, I'm going to be specifically sharing with you three life-changing Quranic ayat about the sky, believe it or not. That's not only going to allow you to never open your curtains in the morning or walk outside under the sun in the same way ever again, but it's going to transform the way that you look at your whole life and the way that you approach each aspect of it for more balance and for a better quality of life, inshallah. But until then, please remember to share what you loved about today's session down in the chat roll and on the Facebook group. And importantly, please make sure you sign up your interest for the Quran Blueprint Masterclass right now using that button below, inshallah. Don't miss out. Take care. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. If you are yet to join Ramadan Transformation Week Challenge, then please head over to QuranRehab.com to get access to all of the videos and those all-important worksheets that are actually going to help you implement everything you're learning into your personal life, inshallah. Also be sure to join the private Facebook group, the Ramadan Transformers, where you're going to be able to connect with like-minded, aspirational Muslims like yourself. It's a fantastic place to get support and motivation throughout the training and throughout Ramadan. It's a fantastic place to participate in great discussions and questions. And you'll be able to find out more about our fantastic giveaways on there as well that we are offering for this week only. So don't miss out.